The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome back to Non- Google Search Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're turning the spotlight onto how you can optimize your SEO efforts for some of the most important search engines that don't start with the letter G. And this week, we're kicking off non-Google Search Month by publishing an episode every day discussing the history, status, and optimization strategies of Google's biggest competitors. Joining us for non-Google Search Week is Jordan Cooney, who is a world-renowned SEO strategist and the CEO here at Searchmetrics. So far this week, we've discussed the history of search outside of Google and how to prioritize English-based web search for non-Google search engines. And today, Jordan and I are going to talk about how you can optimize your traditional web-based search for English-speaking search engines. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the lead SEO strategist and CEO of Searchmetrics, Inc. Jordan, welcome back to non-Google Search Week on the Voices of Search podcast. All right. This is going to be a fun, quick episode on we're going to figure out exactly what to do with these non-Google sites. Yeah. So let's talk about where the rubber meets the road. We've talked about you know how Google became so prominent, a little bit about how big the other search engines are. You know, if Google owns 90% of the market in English-speaking countries and, you know, the, the bings of the world basically represent the next 10%, what do you do? How do you actually get your non-Google search to perform just as well as your Google search? Yeah, so always, again, we always have to start with the basics, right? So getting a webmaster tools set up and Bing, uh, absolutely number one priority. Getting your site submitted through a sitemap is really the second critical component. And and I'd like to spend some time talking about that piece because 
that's really where the meat and potatoes are, especially for these secondary search engines where they simply don't have the bandwidth to crawl every single page on every single website, especially the big ones. Okay, go on. Tell me, tell me about the sitemaps. How are, we, how are you submitting those for non-Google search engines? Yeah, so the first thing is really rethinking how you look at prioritization of your content. So creating a prioritization strategy that fits your business's expectations of traffic from a search engine like Bing is absolutely critical. And so the first realization is going into your historical logs and seeing how often is Bing hitting your site? What's the frequency? What's the volume there? And you can often create a lift in the amount of crawl that takes place, but that is largely predetermined by the quality and the usefulness of the content that you're submitting based on user engagement. And so it's really critical for you to think about, hey, what do you already know about your content? What is the content that works really, really well? And then get that into your site map so that Bing is constantly crawling those pages and you're showcasing high quality user engagement so that Bing will then crawl more of, more of your site. So how is that process any different than what's happening on Google? Or is it basically just a direct, you know, direct copy of what you're doing with Google? So that's the interesting piece. I actually think that in many ways, Bing can help dictate a strong discipline behind sitemap creation and evolution over time because you're dealing within a much more constrained environment with Bing. I've never heard of a website with the exception of the ones that are blocking themselves from Google. Let's, let's just take that off the table. That has come to us here at Search Metrics and said, hey, Bing is crawling my website more than Google. That's never happened. In the five years I've worked at Search Metrics, in the 15 years that I've been in the search industry, that, that's just never happened. And so then I don't anticipate that it ever will because that's just not where Bing's mindset is at. They're not in that race to crawl the entirety of the internet. And so... The reality is that knowing that you then have to become very judicious because the one thing that I can tell our listeners is that if you can prioritize high engagement content and secure it in the crawl, you can expect good traffic from Bing. And I've seen a lot of success stories of sites who work on that cleanup effort and ensure that they've got the right pages prioritized, submit those to Bing, and suddenly they're seeing really positive results. So step number one is because Bing is not going to be crawling the entire web, they are likely not going to be crawling your entire site. So what you feed to them is going to be important. If you're showing them and you're putting your best foot forward and feeding them pages that are likely to be performant, they're going to invest more time into crawling the rest of your site. Exactly. That's precisely tactic number one is ensure and reiterate and improve your sitemaps as this is a primary tool for prioritization within Bing. Okay. Um, what do you do once you have your sitemap submitted and you're feeding your site to Bing, right? And hopefully they are crawling not only the pages that you're submitting, but the entire site. Where do you go from there? Are there any optimization strategies to get Bing to rank higher that might be different than Google? So, you know, we're not going to dive into all the different tactics that we've shared in the past around user engagement, backlinks, because we've already done those, right? So we have episodes that drive into those. But specifically for Bing here, one of the things that you should really be thoughtful of is how you're leveraging markup. Markup becomes your second best friend once you're getting traffic from Bing, as this allows you to secure more site links within Bing, 
It allows Bing to become more creative in their featuring of your content within, say, their elements like Answerbox and others. And so there is a true connection between how you leverage different markup and then the prolification or growth of your footprint within the SERP uh, with Bing. And again, you know, I don't want to beat this down too many times, but you have to have all the other KPIs working for you first, right? It's not like, hey, if I just do this, suddenly it'll work. If people aren't visiting your website and getting any value out of it, it doesn't matter how much market you put on. It doesn't matter how big your or small your sitemap is. It's not going to do anything. So what I'm hearing is that markup is, relatively speaking, more important on Bing than it is on Google. I wouldn't go that far. I think that they're equally valuable. It's just that oftentimes you can learn a lot of optimization tactics within Bing that you may be overlooking because of your markup investments with Google. And so there's just differences in nuance, I guess, is maybe one way of looking at it. Or as I like to tell my wife, we have stylistic differences. And those stylistic differences come into play when it comes to things like markup because it is a very specific data point that then needs to be consumed and used uh, by Google or by Bing and then served to users in their own experience, right? Google's or Bing's own experience is going to serve that. I can't leave this one alone. Is the stylistic difference that you didn't take out the trash? Yep. Or, you know, that I uh, purchased the wrong brand of a product. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. Understood. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Okay, uh, getting back to the topic at hand, you know, you have to get your sitemap submitted. You're going to use some markup to make sure that, you know, the bings of the world understand how your site is structured. Um, any other optimization techniques that you recommend to get your site to perform on Bing and other search engines? Yeah. So speaking of DuckDuckGo, because I know that this is a popular topic when we're looking at um, search engines outside of Google, one of the things that you have to be really mindful of here, and most folks don't realize this, is the lack of personalization and utilization of personal data like IP addresses in serving content within DuckDuckGo. So think Google, 
You know, Google's going to look at your IP address. They're going to realize that you're not in San Francisco and you're in Dallas, Texas, and ta-da, they're going to show you different search results when you're traveling to Dallas, Texas. That doesn't happen on DuckDuckGo. And so it's really important that you revisit your localization strategy and how you produce or structure content in a local fashion for DuckDuckGo. And if you're going to make a strategic investment in that search engine, this is something you just have to do because both require users to be very detailed in their search query. And then ultimately, you're going to have to have content that services that that very specific location-based query. Why is the location important for DuckDuckGo as opposed to other search engines? Well, you know, the... And again, this is a highly debated topic, right? I mean, and this is both debated from a the use case of the user, which is all of us. And it's also debated from the use case of the efficacy from a legal and... Privacy perspective. Regulatory privacy perspective, yep. But ultimately, like, this is just a strategic position that DuckDuckGo has taken as a company. And the reality is that this is kind of like an ease of use, quote unquote. And I want to be very careful how I use that. And I do have air quotes going on right now. Ease of use that has been adopted by other search engines, Google Bing notably, where, hey, you know what? I'm just going to see where you are. I'm going to see what your phone is telling me or your, your computer is telling me about your IP and make a decision to serve you content based on that consumed knowledge about you as a user. And that's the way that they approach solving that problem. And DuckDuckGo doesn't. And I think I think it's a unique conversation around privacy that's separate from the tactics of SEO for DuckDuckGo. But if you're going to make DuckDuckGo a strategic partner in your search efforts, you just have to be mindful that they're playing without those private data points about the user. As you think about other optimization strategies and tactics, one thing that occurs to me is that you can get some valuable data from these other search engines that can impact how you think about optimizing for Google. What's a way that you could use the other search engines to make sure that you're making the most out of the 90% market share that Google has? I think one of the most underrated tasks as SEOs is looking at what is working in Bing. So what pages is Bing crawling frequently? What pages are Bing indexing frequently? Why are certain URLs ranking better in Bing than others? And mapping that data to your Google data is just such an underappreciated task and should be utilized more frequently to lift your exposure in both search engines and in all of search and in all of user experience. And so um, that's one of the things that I think is super valuable. I mean, there's a lot of um, mythology, let's just call it, in the search world where there is correlations between what happens in Bing and then how Google behaves. And, and there's all these different KPIs and metrics between the two search engines. But I mean, at the end of the day, if there's something that's having a lot of success in Bing and you're not seeing that replicating Google and vice versa, why aren't you asking yourself questions of why? And so I think that that's just an important task that if anyone can take that away and use that in a variety of ways to improve your user experience, the exposure to your sites, the way you interlink and connect your content, I hope that that becomes a, a more sought after practice. Because although these search engines are different, they're ultimately trying to solve the same question, which is how do we create value for digital users? And those, those digital users demand content. They want to access your content. And so what is the expectation that those users are setting 
through these search engines and, and, and how can you learn and grasp those elements to improve not only your overall presence and performance, but the value that you create to those users. So I think just to summarize, you know, the biggest thing to think about when you're optimizing for adding on non-Google search engines to your strategy is first and foremost, make sure that the smaller search engines are crawling the highest priority pages that you have. Since the the Bings of the worlds and the DuckDuckGoes and even smaller search engines don't have the budgets for crawl that Google does, they're not going to get through your entire site, most likely, unless you show them that it's going to be a worthwhile investment in budget. So prioritizing your sitemap to make sure that they understand the value of your highest priority content is going to be step one. But the second step is going to be using your markup language to make sure that, you know, the non-Google search engines are able to understand the format of your website. So they're able to pluck out the best content and use it in their other experiences, like your answer box and the other things that are more at the top of the page so you can take on more real estate. And the last thing is, as you're thinking about taking the data from other search engines, you can start to use that to evaluate how you're performing in Google. If you're seeing something that performs very well in Bing, a certain segment of your site, a certain high priority page and it's not being prioritized or not performing as well in Google, it might be worth looking into that page to understand what's the reason why you're not seeing that value across all of the sites. Jordan, any last words on optimizing your your non-Google search strategy? No, I think uh, really the last piece is that test and experimentation element in learning how to leverage data across search engines to better serve users. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the lead SEO strategist and CEO of Searchmetrics, Inc. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can send him a tweet where his Twitter handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning to discuss how to make an impact with geographic specific search engines. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.